Welcome to another episode of Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret Podcast. I'm Teresa Melito-Connors, a PhD-level self-care expert in the greater Boston area with a passion for helping others recognize the importance of caring for themselves. Today, we are going to talk about the self-awareness and mindfulness domain of self-care. This is really important because we need to understand who we are and what makes us that way. The good, the bad, and the ugly. In this domain, we can strive to have calming awareness of our thoughts, our feelings, and our body, and we carefully select which thoughts we allow to guide our actions. Meditation and yoga can also support us here, and even practicing gratitude is a powerful practice. I also realize that mindfulness is a bit of a buzzword and it can be trendy to throw it around, so let's define our terms. Mindfulness is the act of paying attention to the present moment on purpose, non-judgmentally. In other words, living in the present moment. And there are ways that we can cultivate this practice for ourselves. We tend to spend so much time in our heads worrying about the past, stressing about the future, that we forget to live in the present moment and that that is all that really exists. So I'm going to share with you my top four favorite ways to practice mindfulness. First, if you start to feel yourself getting stressed out in that energy, that heat starting to rise, you can practice the stop method. S, stop what you're doing. T, take a breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. O, observe your inner and outer worlds. And P, proceed. So just giving yourself that momentary pause, that intentional pause before moving forward can be really powerful. The next thing that I love to do is reflect on the day and ask myself what went well. We tend to focus on the opposite of that. So shifting your mindset and getting to a place where you're practicing what went well can also be really beneficial. The next one, I like to call this the rainbow connection. You can gaze around the room that you're in, and you can even do this right now if it's safe to do so wherever you are. If you're near a window, you can do it outside, um, looking out a window. But see if you can just spot something of every color of the rainbow. If you do this outside, call it a rainbow walk and see if you can spot something of every color of the rainbow in your outside surroundings. Really taking a moment to appreciate the beauty that is around you. And the last one that I really like, this one, we're going to stretch your arms out wide. Again, if it's safe for you to do so while you're listening to this, you're going to take a big in breath through your nose, open your arms nice and wide like you're going to give the whole world a hug. And then on your exhale, you're going to give yourself a hug. And really give yourself a squeeze. Feel that light therapeutic pressure, that gentle, compassionate touch, and repeat as necessary. Those four mindfulness practices actually come from a deck called Growing Mindful, Mindfulness Practices for All Ages. It was actually written by Dr. Mitch Ablett and Dr. Chris Willard, who have been previous podcast guests. Very exciting. But now, today's guest is Sierra Larson. Sierra and I connected recently through a mutual friend because she was looking for folks to determine their Enneagrams. And I love personality tests and things like that, so I jumped at the chance. Sierra works at Brass Tacks, which specializes in strengthening team cohesion and communication using the tool Enneagram for individual and team coaching. They offer custom offsites and workshops that are designed to create space for leaders and teams to engage authentically, uncover tensions, and identify tangible actions to collaborate and communicate more effectively as a unit. 
These workshops are effective for companies at all stages of development and are particularly useful for newly formed executive teams and or teams facing a major transformation. So Enneagram is a tool that we can use to understand ourselves better. Think of Myers-Briggs. Perhaps you've heard of that before. But if you're not familiar with Enneagram, I recommend that you take the assessment before continuing with this episode. You can do so by visiting the website Enneagram.is. That's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M dot I-S. Sierra goes into some specifics in this episode of Enneagram, so having an understanding of what it is and maybe what your type is before listening to this episode may be beneficial. I invite you to be open and give it a try for yourself. You may be surprised what you learn. But for now, I'm excited to learn more from Sierra today. Here's our conversation. So thank you so much, Sierra, for joining us today on the Dr. MC podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for for bringing me on. Absolutely. So we're going to dive right in. And right off the bat, I want to know how you like to practice self-care and what that means to you. Hmm. You know, it's so funny. I just like made my absolute favorite smoothie and I just sat there as I ate it and like, I didn't do anything. I didn't have a TV on. I didn't have, it wasn't on my phone. I just was like sitting with this thing that I really enjoy in quiet and just being with it. And I know that that sounds silly, but I've really been trying to do this a lot with like, uh, one of my friends does this and I totally stole the idea from her going on walks and not having ear pods in. Yeah. And not that I don't love podcasts, love podcasts. Don't get me wrong. They take me, <laughs> they take me everywhere when I'm driving. Um, but just really, um, the like things that I enjoy minimizing distractions and trying to be as present with them as I can be. And so as simple as a smoothie today, yesterday, it was my walk through this park by my house that I really love. And meditation just continues to be the like foundation for me in terms of self-care. Awesome. Those were really great tips. So I want to talk a little bit more. I'm curious, what's in the smoothie that's so magical? (laughs) (laughs) So it's basically as much spinach as I can fit into my little Nutribullet. And some frozen banana, frozen pineapple, mint, and a little bit of yogurt or oat milk or something like that, just to give it a little bit of uh, creaminess. And yeah, you can put a little bit of vanilla in sometimes if you have it, but blend it all up. And it's just like the pineapple, it really just tastes like pineapple, um, Right, covers it all up. And I love pineapple. So yeah, that's my, that's my magic smoothie. Awesome. And I love the idea. We tend to run around from like thing to thing and not really allow ourselves those moments of quiet and moment to just enjoy the smoothie. That's really a a mindful eating technique. It actually falls under intuitive eating. Um, And we talk about this a lot on the podcast, which is not necessarily the focus of today, but you brought it up. So we're going to go with it for a bit. Um, You know, just being able to be in the present moment and that mindfulness is so, so important for a domain, um, you know, definitely one of the domains of self-care and a really great reminder for us and also I love the idea of just like taking a walk and just like being there in the moment not worrying about everything else not listening necessarily to something else unless it's helpful like this podcast but (laughs) 
you know, I, when I teach my self-care workshops, I usually give some mindfulness tips. And one of my favorite ones to share is called um, like a rainbow walk. So next time, Sierra, you're taking a walk and you're not listening to anything and you're trying to be mindful. I want you to see if you can spot something of every color of the rainbow in the neighborhood of the park that you're walking through. I love that so much. I was out in nature uh, last weekend uh, and there was a wild turkey. Fun. And the, the wild, the, the turkey's head was this like crazy blue color. Mm. And I just was looking at this turkey. I was just like, how is it possible that this color blue just exists in nature, let alone on an animal, you know, and sure. it's like right next to me here. And, um, and so I don't know, I just like totally had that visual and now making that a game sounds super fun. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And for our listeners right. too, you can try that, try yeah. a rainbow walk. And you mentioned meditation. What is your, like, do you mind sharing a little bit more like about maybe what your meditation practice looks like? Yeah. Um, so I try to do it first thing in the morning. I just find that if I don't do it in the morning right away, I tend to skip it. And um, just seeing the difference and feeling the, the difference in my day when I don't meditate versus when I do. Um, so I use the Sam Harris waking up app. Um, I've been using that for the last year. And prior to that, I'd been totally devout to headspace. Um, nice. But this felt like I needed to change it up. And Sam Harris has been... Uh, it's a totally different style of meditation, very much about like the observer. And, um, I, I found it to be really powerful. Nice. I'm not, I'm familiar with headspace. I'm not familiar with the other one. I'll have to check that out. And do you do it for any particular length of time or does it vary from day to day or. So Sam Harris, he has like a daily waking up, um, and it's 10 minutes. Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's a myth around meditation, right? People feel like it has to be like this 45 minutes or like an hour on end, like those, those short, even, even less than 10 minutes, if that's all you have. And if I remember correctly, Headspace, doesn't Headspace build you up? Don't you start really small? Like I think Headspace starts yeah. at like one or two minutes um, and then build yourself up and that you'll still find benefits even in yeah. short bursts. That's awesome. Thank you for that. We'll make sure those resources are linked um, in the episode notes for folks. Mm-hmm. Great. So can you tell me a little bit about Brass Tax and the work that you do there? I sure can. So um, Brass Tax Coaching and Development is my company and I've been, I guess, officially doing it for the last year, but informally doing it for the last like 10 years in different ways, I feel like. And so my big focus, I do individual coaching and development and also do team development. My, uh, my work, my background's in HR and I was an HR business partner for a number of years working with executives on how they build out their organizations, really how they make the most out of their teams. And what I fell in love with is just how can we get people to really communicate with each other and really, you know, build their own self-awareness as they build the awareness of their teammates and team members. And so, um, so really most of my uh, work is, is focused in just that building self-awareness and helping us create tools to create a shared language with each other, um, particularly in that team, um, team development work. That's awesome. I didn't realize it was a company you started. That's so exciting. Wow. Good for you. So are you, you're the CEO or the boss lady? What's your fancy title? I'm everything. I'm CEO. I am also admin and, uh, I know how that goes. (laughs) Everything in between, but, uh, yeah, I just consider myself like founder and coach is, is what I, I call myself. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
And now we're going to shift over a little bit to Enneagrams. Did I say that right? Yeah. Um, Enneagram. Enneagram. Yes. So I want you to talk more about this because this is how we first connected. And mm-hmm. I think I was type three with maybe, I don't know, two and eight, not far behind. <laughs> there were You yeah. sent me when I got my results. I think there were kind of the three numbers, three, two and eight. And I definitely see shades of all of those that I fit. So can you tell us a little bit more kind of about that? Definitely. So the Enneagram is a personality typing system, and there's so many different systems out there. There's Myers-Briggs, there's Insights, Colors, there's all kinds of different tools. And, you know, all of them look at uh, self in slightly different ways. A lot of them are really additive um, when you when you look at them together. But in my opinion, what sets the Enneagram apart is that it really looks at our individual motivations. And mm. when you um, dig into Enneagram, there's nine different types and that means nine different core motivations in life. And so you, uh, you tested as a type three, which is the achiever. And so for instance, the type three, their big motivation in life is to be successful and to be seen as a success. And um, you also had, you, you know, you were high on two and eight, as you mentioned. And, you know, what I also really love about Enneagram is it takes into consideration that no one is just this like perfect box of one thing. And it really, you know, we, we all have different levels of all nine of the Enneagram types in us. It's really understanding kind of how much of each of those types, each or each of the types that we have in us that can continue to, um, we can continue to just learn so much with it. And so type two is the helper, which the big motivation of the helper is to love, be loved, be loved, give support. Um, that's really a big role of, of the type two. And so, you know, that was also something that you spiked really, really high in. And so knowing these aspects of yourself, again, it just, um, you can really start to see, oh, like what's driving me, what motivates me, what's kind of behind some of my, some of my actions. Cause two people could be doing things. And on that outside, it looks like they're doing the exact same thing. Right. Um, but again, the why behind what they're doing can be so different. And that's where I just find the Enneagram to be this key that really brings us into awareness. Right. And again, going back to presence, like we talked about when we're aware of what we're doing, that gives us this little brief moment of choice Mm. where are we going to keep going down our autopilot, our path that we know so well, also known as our types pattern, and we're going to stand autopilot, or maybe if our types patterns are no longer serving us, are we going to make a different decision? And so it just really frees up that little moment to potentially make a different choice. Um, so I think it, it's just been a really transformative tool for me personally. And I just kept learning more about it, shared it with someone, ended up taking a class on it, then started teaching it. And now it is just so central to the work that I do. That's awesome. So what are, what are all, you said there's eight types or nine? Uh, there's nine different types. Nine. So what are, can yeah. you walk us through a little bit about each of the nine different types? I sure can. Yes. So this will be a nice pop quiz for me. So um, type one is the reformer. So the type one is really focused on doing good and being like being right, doing like doing what is right. Um, Our type two is the helper that I mentioned. And the type two, their big focus, again, is on giving love and being loved. Type three is our achiever. So being successful, being seen as successful. 
Type four is our individualist and they are focused on um, individualists also known as like the artists and they um, they really seek um, depth and meaning and authenticity in life. That's their big, that's their big mm. motivation. And the type five is the investigator and um, the investigator, they, as you would imagine, like they love to go incredibly deep. Their big focus is on gaining knowledge and um, really gaining certainty in, in life. Six um, is our loyal skeptic. And sixes, um, they are focused on security. So be it like, the, like their own security. It's really important for a six to be secure. Um, and sixes are extra beautiful because they just have this look like it's hard for sixes to give trust. But once they do, it's like this loyalty that is almost unwavering in different ways. Um, and our seven is the enthusiast. And Sevens, like their big motivation is freedom. They want freedom to explore every single thing that the world has to offer or the entire universe has to offer, right? Like don't even limit it to the world. The seven <laughs> wants every experience possible and um, they will just like go do, you know, anything they can to, to get that. And then moving into our eights, our challengers, eights um, for them, it's really about being strong. So it's oftentimes very assertive, very, uh, very strong, powerful individuals. And lastly, our nines, which really um, have elements of all, all of the, the other eight types. And then they're kind of at the, they're at the top of the Enneagram circle. Um, if you see, if you ever see the, the kind of emblem that, um, that is the Enneagram. Our nine is the peacemaker. And just as you'd imagine, that is, they're all about harmony. That's their big, big motivation. And they oftentimes find themselves um, doing anything they can to create harmony around them. So they, they find themselves mediating quite a bit. Um, that's a very natural skill of theirs, but conflict is something that they avoid at all costs. But again, this, this goal of bringing harmony and peace to, to the world. Wow. Those are beautiful. Do you find like, as you were just describing those, I actually, you know, just, I know that was just a tiny, tiny snippet of each one, but do you find that people can shift like where they're at? Cause I feel like in different times of my life, when you were just describing those, I may have identified with different ones or no, do, is it pretty static? Like you are what you are. So in terms of your core type, um, the, there's tons of different research out there with the Enneagram. Like it's been researched at Stanford in different ways and, um, and all kinds of different universities have looked at it as well. But um, uh, with the Enneagram, your core type is going to be the same your whole life. So, um, you know, our, our personalities are generally formed. Uh, I'm not a trained psychologist by any means, but from what I understand, our personalities are pretty well formed by the time we're about 12, 13. Mm -hmm. And so the, at least the school of thought that I study around the Enneagram believes that our core type is the same our whole lives. That being said, we take on a lot of elements of other types from our parents, for instance, or our family, mm -hmm. from school expectations, from work expectations, from partners, from friends. Like we actually start to build up our type in different ways based on either a response to something around us or an influence from something around us. And so there's usually at least one or two other types beyond your core type that you really strongly identify with. And to your point, you know, sometimes like I'm a, I'm a two, which is the helper and twos tend to be a bit more conflict avoidant, but there are many times that I need to like 
muster up my eight challenger within me and step into that. And it's not necessarily as easy and natural for me, at least it wasn't in the beginning. Um, but I can like put on my eight hat and walk into a situation and just like really lean into those aspects. Cause I know that I need to do that right. in order to move forward. Right. And so I find that really helpful to um, actually like another way to use it in the moment, right? Of like, oh, I need to put my six hat on here. I need to really be more skeptical about the situation. I really need to dig into the details and make sure I fully understand something, right? Like that's, uh, again, you can just kind of take, take these hats on and off. Uh, again, I mentioned the Enneagram emblem. So the numbers are all, all organized around a circle and I highly encourage anyone listening to actually go look up, um, look up the Enneagram emblem. We can put it in the, um, excuse, we'll put it in the episode notes too for folks. Oh, perfect. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and so there's also what you'll see is lines connecting each of the types. And so that's another really important aspect because it's um, all about growth and stress. And so it's where our types go in term in basically a map for self-development just already created in there. And so I'm a two, as I mentioned, but the twos are super focused on the needs of everyone around them. But for the two, the big growth is to reach towards the four, the individualist, and actually focus on myself, my own needs. Because if I'm right. not putting my own oxygen mask on, I can't put on the oxygen mask of everyone around me. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I want. I love that. We need to, I say that all the time, like your needs first, your oxygen yeah. mask on first before you yeah. help other people. I know it's a cliche, but it's so, so important. So yeah, so this goes really deep. I love this. Yeah, there's so much. I mean, like this is the tip of the iceberg. I've been studying the Enneagram for over seven years and I still learn new things all the time or like relearn different aspects about it. And, you know, it's used in so many different applications as well. Like I use it in the work and professional setting and kind of that personal development side, but it's used in family counseling and marriage counseling. And it, it just, again, it's, the more you understand yourself and the more you understand like what's driving someone next to you, it you start to realize, oh, wow, that thing that person's doing, that's not about me at all. That's right. just having that, you know? And so um, it just really helps, I think, to, um, yeah, to just create so much clarity. Yeah, absolutely. As you were describing them, I was thinking, hmm, I wonder what my husband is or my mom. <laughs> what's their Enneagram? I might have to have them figure that out. Are you looking for exciting, engaging, and useful professional development and workshops for your school, business, or organization? Well, look no further. Dr. MC offers a variety of options and topics related to self-care and renewal, trauma recovery, building resilience, developing a growth mindset, stress management, and more. Completely customizable to fit every need. And coming soon is a new program to help high school students manage the challenges they are facing today and the increasing concerns around mental health. Visit drmcselfcare.com to learn more and request a session. Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm wondering, in your work with Brass Tacks and Enneagram, can you share like an example of how impactful the work has been or maybe an outcome that happened or growth that you witnessed by using the Enneagram in conjunction with your coaching and your work at Brass Tacks? One of them was, or is, I suppose, um, an eight and she's, uh, so eight again is the challenger and they're all about being strong and, um, 
and vulnerability for eights tends to be very hard because they have to have this big tough exterior even though okay. eights tend to have these like huge teddy bear hearts underneath <laughs> it's just kind of getting through to those can be a challenge sometimes and uh, we were doing this work with a team over a number of months and um she just you know it, was consistently saying how tough it was to open up and how like she just didn't see the value, didn't see the point. And, um, but everyone around her was opening up and everyone around her, you know, you, you, I, uh, she started to see like, oh, they're the closeness that I feel to these individuals when they're actually being vulnerable and how um, creating that space and sharing about, you know, your personal, your personal self. And again, that these are people at work um, can just make such a world of difference to actually know the whole person. And by the end of it, she actually wanted to do the session with her own team. Mm. And so just seeing where it's like this person that was so closed off questioning everything about the validity of this. And well, I don't know, I don't see why we need to bring emotions into work and this, that, and the other, and just really seeing like, oh, wow. Like when we talk about our communication preferences, when we share the ways that we like to, like the ways that uh, we like to get feedback and, and again, kind of connecting back to, um, uh, what drives us right as well, where it's like, again, as a two, I am so naturally inclined to help other people that when someone gives me feedback, I almost feel like attacked sometimes. Mm. Like, like, I, I think I take feedback more personally because I'm like, but I'm all I was trying to do was help you. And now you're telling me that I didn't help you correctly. <laughs> like, you know, that's what, I, and, um, and so for, again, just some minor changes in wording can make a huge world of difference. And so she started practicing with some of these changes with that team that we were working with. Um, it was an executive team. Um, so they were her peers. And then she, again, just from the closeness, realized that she wanted to bring that to her own team and started to actually open up as a leader to her own team. And um, nice. you know, in that instance as well, her own team was like, wow, she was an iron vault before, you know, and actually then feeling like, wow, I can have this personal connection to my boss now. And it just really helped bring to light that what, you know, what she was leaving on the table essentially without letting down some of these, like letting down her guard and um, kind of letting people see a bit more of her human side. Right. That she was a real person. Yeah, we tend to be like guarded, right? It's hard to, can be really hard to be vulnerable, but really important. So that sounds like a really intense kind of transformation, which is awesome. And I'm sure was really valuable in her work. I mean, this gets into, you know, our self-awareness and like how we just show up in the world. And, yeah. you know, I always talk about the different domains of self-care and kind of how that really provides a robust you know, picture of what makes you, you. And this is certainly a piece of it, like getting in touch with those like deeper aspects of why you get up every day and why it is you do the work that you do, whatever that, whatever that may be. So I love that example. I was actually even thinking, I'm like, Hmm, I could do this at one of my staff meetings. <laughs> it's kind of, a, because it's, I think it's important. And when we think about, you know, team building and collaboration and I know I work in a school and you know, we have to have to be able to work together. You have mm -hmm. to be able to work together and it can be really, really stressful work and sometimes, you know, unappreciated. A lot goes unappreciated in um, working as an educator. I know in other industries, certainly that happens as well. But really making sure you're appreciating each other and showing up as the best you possible is going to be really important in any work that you do. 
So did yeah. you have, a, you had mentioned a, you were thinking of two people. Is there a second example? Yeah. And now there's like all these other ones popping <laughs> in. So I'm like, which one? Um, okay. So I have two options. I want you to follow your energy here. So one's around our sixes who tend to have a lot of anxiety and one's around our ones who tend to have extremely high self, like uh, inner critics. So which one? Mm. Oh gosh. Which one is I don't know. Better? Let's do the anxiety one. Okay. So, um, all of, like, I'd say not every single person, but the vast majority of us have like some type of anxiety, like low level, high level, like it varies for sure. And any type can have anxiety by all means. But what we see is our type sixes, they are naturally, so the, again, the six, their big goal in life is to be safe and to be secure. And so with sixes, they're constantly scanning for danger. And so as you can imagine, when you're constantly looking for danger, constantly thinking about plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G of like, you know, your disaster plans basically for anything to go wrong, you're operating at a higher level of anxiety pretty naturally. And um, for one of my clients, when she realized like, oh my God, like she was like the most classic, one of the most classic sixes I've seen. <laughs> she was like, oh my God. I make sense to myself now. And it's almost like she was like through her work, she was able to befriend the anxiety where she's like, oh, I'm just doing that thing that I do where I'm scanning mm -hmm. for danger and looking for it. And, um, you know, I, I, again, when you realize like, oh, this was a survival mechanism that got me incredibly, like all of these things, it's, I think about it as nine different survival mechanisms, right? Like in a societal perspective sure. and like evolutionarily, we needed that person that was scanning for danger. That's how we got to survive as humans. Right. So that, that played like a huge role, but again, our, our patterns, they get us so far, but then they, they're oftentimes like our biggest strength and then also our Achilles heel when they're overdone. And so for her, she's like, we, she, and I started playing this game where again, she's like, oh, hi, anxiety. There you are. I see what I'm doing here. And she actually, again, and it's not always perfect, right? But like her anxiety levels are just so different now. Her relationship to her anxiety is just so different now as a result of realizing like, oh, I'm just doing that thing that I'm programmed to do. And I see myself spinning and I'm going into my loops and I'm going to just say hello. And I'm going to like carry on with what I'm doing because I see like that I'm doing that thing over there. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I love that. That's um, like talking back to that voice. And even that, like you mentioned, inner critic, like when we have those inner critic voice talking back to it. And even when I teach about um, developing a growth mindset, one of the steps mm -hmm. for doing that is to kind of listen to your growth mindset voice. Do you tend to lean towards a fixed mindset or a growth mindset and learning to talk back to it? That's a really important skill. So I love that, like talking back to the anxiety, talk back to to whatever it is that you are struggling with or feeling and to almost to regain control, but also understanding of where it's coming from. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think a big thing too, is like not fighting it. I feel like when we fight these things, it actually makes them so much bigger because then they're fighting right back. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, when you're like, Oh, I'm doing that thing again, it's just being present, being with what is. And maybe it's not what you want necessarily. It's like, obviously we don't want to be spinning in our anxiety, but when we're just like, okay. Yeah. I think just being, just recognizing like, oh, anxiety is here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And talking back to it. I love that. We may come up with something as an episode title. They're like, talk back 
to yourself or talk back to the anxiety. I think it's important. And sometimes where, um, you know, you need that understanding. You need to understand what is actually going on and what you're Mm -hmm. doing. And it sounds like through this work, folks are able to get a better handle on what it is that they're either struggling with or just how they show up in the world, but then also how to have that awareness and understanding so they can be the best versions of themselves. Cause I would imagine that, you know, any of these um, types, if kind of unchecked, like they need to still be like within balance. Right. And they, yeah. Yeah. So if we get to like, you know, even and then there's many of these, like you mentioned other personality types. It also makes me think about even Ayurveda, the practice of Ayurveda with the different doshas and like when your doshas are out of balance. I mean, the balance is key to so many things. But even with this, too, I'm seeing shades, shades of that as well and how this kind of plays out. So that's really mm-hmm. cool. So would you so how would someone like if they wanted to know their Enneagram, like how can they how can they do this? Um, so there's so many different tests out there, but the one that I would recommend personally is, um, through the Enneagram group. And so it's just Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M dot I-S. Uh, so Enneagram dot I-S, uh, they have a really, um, from my experience, reliable test and some great resources there. Um, There's also a ton of great resources from the Enneagram Institute. Um, They also, on the Enneagram Institute, they talk about how the different types play out in relationships, which I know uh, people love, love reading about. So um, that's that's another spot as well to to learn more. That's really fun. And I assume folks could enlist your services to help them sort of figure that out as well and how what would that look like (laughs) um so i am happy to um give my email or give the the contact email um and if you'd like to include that in the show notes uh linkedin is also another way to to reach me excellent so we'll be sure to do that and if there's anybody listening who could benefit from even the team coaching or the individual coaching would does brass tax have a website we can share too uh, that is currently under development. I uh, should have a website in the next few weeks uh, working with a designer currently. But um, but yeah, LinkedIn is really the best spot for me right now. Excellent. Well, this won't air for a couple of weeks. So maybe by the time it airs, um, they, we'll make sure the website's linked if it exists at that time. Otherwise, we'll make Good sure folks, folks know how to contact you. So thank you so much for all that fabulous information you shared. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. This was great. It was so much fun to chat with Sierra. I love her self-care routine and the tips that she shared. And the Enneagram is a really cool tool. I encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to check it out for yourself. I also agree with just so much of what she was saying. You really must put your oxygen mask on first. And I love the idea of talking back to your anxiety. Definitely a valuable takeaway and something for us all to try. Thanks for listening to this episode and remember to subscribe and write this podcast on your preferred player. The ratings really do help us grow and share the message of self-care. And if you have comments or suggestions or questions, please reach out directly by emailing podcast at drmcselfcare.com. That's drmcselfcare.com. And come join the cast party at Dr. MC Self-Care Cabaret on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. MC Self-Care. 
or on my website, drmcselfcare.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and love me across all my social media platforms for the most up-to-date information on self-care. See you next time. Stay well and do good. Thank you.